0: Just in case you were wondering where we are, let them know. going on, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy Croft. How's everybody doing our day-to-day lesson? I am so, so excited to welcome you to the Child Welfare Raising Awareness Podcast. Listen, y'all, this is the podcast that keeps you in the know about all things child welfare. This podcast is brought to you by Tuskegee University, the Department of Social Work, and I will be your host. That's right, your boy Croft. So if you are a student, current child care professional, educator, or parent, know this. You have landed in the right place because this is the podcast show where we will raise awareness about interesting child welfare-related topics. Now listen, I will be bringing on various guest experts to discuss real-world topics that relate to child welfare just to equip you for practice. I must say, y'all, it's going to be quite interesting than to say the least. I look forward to seeing you soon. This is your boy Croft. We'll be hollering at you later. (laughs) Peace. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is your boy Croft. How's everybody doing out there today? Listen, I want to welcome everybody to the Child Welfare Raising Awareness Podcast. Y'all know, you know, you know, that this is the podcast that keeps you in the know about all things. I'm talking all things child welfare. Now, this podcast is brought to you by none other than Tuskegee University, the Department of Social Work, and I am your host. That's right. Spencer Croft. Listen y'all, we got a wonderful, wonderful uh session this evening because of the fact that we have a guest that's like none other. We have a guest like none other. I'm talking about Miss Andrea Starworth Emethodon. Now, let me tell you a little bit about her. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Andrea. You know, she was MSW, you know, is the and she's the director of field education in the social work department at Tuskegee University. Now listen, y'all. Now, prior to her arrival at Tuskegee University, Andrea worked at the Southeast Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi program manager for College Links and Career Pathways initiative manager for 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 for, for inroads uh, uh, managed for College Links and Career Pathways. Uh, she is also a speaker, y'all, certified life coach, mentor, digital storyteller, and social media consultant. Listen, Andrea, she has 14 years of clinical social work, nonprofit social service management, youth development, and leadership experience. Now, you know, Andrea ain't no joke. She is the digital storyteller. Listen content creator and co-founder of the Careerist Project and founder of the Brown Girl from Boston blog. Both the social impact startup focuses on developing healthy and holistic individuals through career development, personal development and professional development through life and career coaching, mentoring and facilitating online workshops and webinars. I'm talking about Andrea, y'all. Andrea Stallworth is originally from Boston, MA, but currently resides in Anniston, Alabama. She holds a certification in personal development coaching from the CAPP Institute and business planning certification from from the Center of Women and Enterprise. Listen, we're going to talk about that, too. She also piloted the online PN Foster High School dual enrollment program at Fordish Institute in Birmingham, Alabama. She earned an MSW in social work from the University of Southern Mississippi in 2009 and a BA in social work from Tuskegee University in 2006. Now she was licensed as a LMSW in the state of Tennessee. LCSW in Rhode Island and pending licensure, license in the state of Alabama. Now, she served as a guest blogger on Blavity. Yeah, I need to know about that. Black and Married with Kids and X.O. Nicole. She also appeared on TOC's Bling It On with Sandra Selli. Andrea is the author of three books, Manifesting Your Greatness, a goal-setting book to help others to become goal-getters, Turning Your Passion into a Paycheck, How to Monetize Your Passion, Strengths, and Gifts, which is a guide to starting your startup and self-care for brown girls, a healthy and holistic guide for black and brown women to authentically and apologetically Unapologetically take care of themselves. Andrea is a 2016 RISBJ woman to watch an entrepreneur women to watch in watch nominee. Now, we're going to talk about that too because you know that that is a mouthful. Andrea served as a social media roundtable expert at the 2016 Massachusetts Conference for Women. She also served as an entrepreneurship mentor for South Coast Entrepreneurship for All. Uh, She is the 2014 uh, Practical Innovation Business Pitch Idea winner for her Start Savvy app. Let me tell y'all, this lady does it all. And without further ado, y'all, wherever y'all are, I mean, I want you to just give it up for Andrea Starworth and Maffedon. What's going on, Andrea? How you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing well, Croft. Thank you so much for the energetic intro. Sometimes I feel like, oh, my God, I did all these things in a short period of time, and I'm very thankful.
0: My God, my God. Hey, listen, you have done a lot. And I mean, you know, I just want to say I'm just glad to have you on the show this evening. Listen, listen. So uh, you currently live in Aniston. Is that right?
1: I do. I live in Aniston. Um, I pretty much follow my mom and stepdad here. My stepdad's retired um vietnam veterans so my mom got remarried right after i graduated from tuskegee and reside in Anderson. So i said well i might as well come back south and you know live close to them and become a homeowner so innocence now my home
0: look at you look at you <laughs> look at you so 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 now now you you've done you've done all of these things i'm gonna go back over there a little bit because i just want to know a couple of things about it but you know tell us about your social work career I mean, your books and, you know, your connection to Tuskegee University.
1: Yes. So my social work career actually started as a student at Tuskegee University. So um, for those who may or may not know, I am a graduate of, as our students like to say, the illustrious Tuskegee University. And um, my life, it came in full circle by becoming director of field education. And so before um, becoming a field um, director of field education. I pretty much did it all in social work. I was a dialysis social worker. I started off as a foster care social worker for DHR in Russell County, Alabama. So I took a gap year and figured out what I wanted to do with my life and did not end up applying to graduate school because I said, I could not work for DHR for the rest of my life. It is a um, It's a burnout job. It's a rewarding job, but also to a lot of people, Um, You know, it's a thankless job. Let's be honest Mm -hmm, with that. mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. um, I did the best that I can as a foster care social worker, went to graduate school in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, I had wonderful internships. And, you know, as you read, my last job before coming to TU, I was um, enrolled. So I didn't expect myself back at Tuskegee, but when um, Dr. Jones said, hey, you know, I was a pen and ceremony keynote speaker, and she was like, hey, you know, like, would you like to, I was actually supposed to apply for an adjunct position, That she said, well, a director of field education became um, open, would you mind applying for it? And I said, okay, sure, so, because I wanted to get back to my alma mater and to the students. So, um, being a social worker for 17 years, I bring my different generalist um, expertise to the position and um, being able to, you know, look at my students and say, all right, this internship may fit them, this internship may not fit them, because I know when I have my internship, it pretty much opened my eyes to more than, you know, as people would say, you taking away people's children, um, Mm -hmm. and that's not what all social work is encompassed.
0: Mm -hmm. And a lot of people feel like that. A lot of a lot of people do feel like that because, you know, I was listening to something dealing with fostering and something dealing with adoption, you know, and a lot of people do feel like that. Now, 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 growing up, growing up. Did you have any idea? I mean, this this little girl, this little Andrea, uh, you know, 9th, 10th, 11th grade. Did you know this is something that you wanted to do? do?
1: I should have known I was going to become a social worker because of my parents. Um, When my parents left Alabama in 1970, pretty much my mom's side and dad's side, that's how they all got to Boston. Um, Just seeing my parents being um, helpful to my other family members and fostering um, family members as well. So I should have known. I wanted to be a podiatrist at first and my parents is like, why do you want to be a podiatrist? That's crazy. Um, I wanted to be a nurse and that's why I ended up majoring at Tuskegee because my dad was in um, the medical field, but it just didn't work out. It wasn't in my purpose. Right. And I was like, I just don't want to just take vitals and that's it. So I should have known I was going to be a social worker. I was always involved in mentoring and leadership positions, even in high school. And to be honest with you, I was such a ball player. I thought I was going to go to the WNBA. I was like, I'm going to the WNBA. Um, And I will figure out my other career path, but that didn't work out. And sometimes when you and your purpose and, you know, when you are redirected into purpose, you don't know where life is going to take you. So I enjoy being a social worker because I couldn't now at my age, I couldn't see myself doing those things because, yes, I would have made an impact in other ways, but I make such an impact on my students and just on individuals that I meet And just being in my field, I remember my mom telling me, she's like, I don't care what career path you choose, you need to help people. She's like, you need to be um, provided access service to people who come um, in your life. And so my dedication is to be is to provide access service and be a servant leader.
0: Wow. Wow. And then, you know, our plans are not God's plans. So you are absolutely right. I mean, you know, I know you wanted to be in the NBA and everything, but hey, listen, it, 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 it is what it is because of the fact that, I mean, you know, I was almost in the same situation myself. I was thought I was going to be playing football, but uh, I took it took another path. And And, you know, sometimes, you know, God knows what he's doing we may not understand right now, but later on, and it makes sense. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, listen. So tell us about, you know, your vision for the field education program as the new BSW program director. You know, tell tell us a little bit about that.
1: So my vision is to um, continue to foster relationships with internship placements, and also to just build a better community for internships. Because once again, Um, When you have students that's coming from HBCUs or first generation students, you know, sometimes this is their first job going into internships. So I would like to see, you know, my internships um, really fostering um, social workers because we're training mini-me's. That's how I look at it. Also, Mm -hmm. too, I Mm -hmm. want them to get a well-rounded view of what social work is like, not just the service level, not just, hey, you know, um, go do Xerox copies, because that's what people think interns um, are supposed to do, but really going through, um, you know, what does social work look like on a daily basis, you know, in that particular field. So whether it's substance abuse, whether it's at the VA, whether it's at a domestic violence, and really... Um, taking these students seriously because one day they're gonna be taking care of us, right? And so really pouring wow. into them and really understanding that the students are not just there to get the education, but also to having this well-rounded education from the personal, um, professional, and also career aspects.
0: So, 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 something that you just said, do you pour into them like passionately because you know them, the ones that's gonna be taking care of us, like? later
1: <laughs> it's, it's multi-tool because i look at it because these students they are brand of tuskegee they're ambassador tuskegee and also too as us as faculty we pour into them because once again it's like you want them to be the best social workers and besides yes one day they're going to take care of us who our family members but we want them to be the best person that they can be when it comes to field education and become a social worker because I don't want a student to go out there and get their um, full-time position. And they're like, where did you get your education from? Oh my God, they did a lackluster job into um, educating you all. And then also too, there's only a small percentage of um, social workers of color. So that makes a big difference too mm. is, you know, when they go mm. through the door that they own the room and also to um, being able to articulate, hey, I am supposed to be at this table. I am supposed to be at this agency or organization and um, this is what I know. And also still be humble with it, right? Cause that's, that's the key thing is still be humble with it, but also to let the actions talk. Because, you know, it's one thing to go in and you can, you know, you can talk and right, talk, right, but right, it's all right, about right. the actions. And also too, are the students, and I always tell my students this too, are you making an impact on folks' lives? Um, because you can make and break people, humans are fragile. And anybody mm-hmm. who come into your possession, and this is our code of ethics as well, you don't want to cause harm to anyone and you don't want harm to be caused onto you. Um, so, are you doing the best that you can as a social worker? And also, too, you're your first client. So, if you're not good, I need you to go seek therapy. Um, so you can once again be redirected and also to um, recharge as a social worker. Because if you're not good, your clients are definitely not going to be good, and they're also going to be in harm's way.
0: You know, you, 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 that was that was really good because, like you said, you got to own the room. You got to go in there with the confidence because confidence is not wondering wondering if they like me. Confidence is I'm good if they don't. So you know, you got to be able to do your thing. you got to be able to do a thing. So tell us about the the title five stipend and how it relates to social work.
1: So the title on um, 4E stifle Related to social I'm work. Sorry. Yes, but it's sorry. okay. Um, it relates to social work, it's child welfare. So we pretty much um focus on child welfare. Once again, it's going back to that DHR. Um, it's going back to those child welfare focus So autism, um, anything that's relating to children and what their welfare and wellness. And so um, we pretty much get um funding through title four e. And then also too, we get internships specifically for that. There are students who definitely that's their passion, is to go into child welfare and we want them to what become the best child we are social workers. So a lot of times a lot of students say, hey Mr. Mathon, I want to go to DHR. I want to go into a child welfare focused um internship. So nine times out of 10 or all the time they're going to get our um, a paid internship. And also too they have to understand once again working with children is a whole different um, mentality versus working with adults because you're talking about children who, um, you know, had caretakers, had caregivers who abused them, who violated them um, and also, to not being an authoritative figure. They deal with that at school. They deal with that, you know, in other places but really caring for them and really, you know, sometimes you have to be up flying to different places if you have a child um, that has to get placement outside of the state. So really taking care of um, children because, once again, like I said they're also to the um the future but also to how are you going to help repair them as well
0: wow wow you know I don't know uh if you heard the story in Atlanta that's what that's why I am of a young lady you know they did a, a, a welfare check on her I think I don't know if it was uh, a few days prior to her killing her little baby, drowning her little baby in the pond, and that that was so serious to me. And I'm I'm bringing that up to ask you, what is like one of the most memorable, or uh, one of the most you know difficult times that you've had being social.
1: I would say going back to being a foster care social worker, 23 years old, green, um, had 30 kids on my caseload. And I remember this one case I will never forget. And I still think about this particular child And at 23. I have to go to court and do recommendations. So I, I had a lot of power at 23 years old or whether or not this child is being reunified back with their parent who may had allegedly abused them. Right. Oh, my. Um, I remember during this time because Hurricane Katrina victims. We're living in Alabama and this particular um, case was just gruesome. The parent um, abused this child. The child was living with the great grandmother who was already 90 years old and his, his whole development was stunted due to the constant abuse, not only from the mom, but also from the partner. And I remember had to go to court. It was pretty, it was gruesome going to court every week and to say should this child, stay with great grandma who was actively aging or, you know, what do we do with these folks who was abusive? And I remember that case went on for like a month and the, the child, you know, and I'm staying in the care of the great grandmother. And I still think, of, I say, he's probably a grown man right now. And I still go back to that case. And that really taught me a lot about you have to have your I's dot and your T's crossed. Um, like I tell my students, you have a lot of power in your hand and you have to look at the whole case. Um, yes, you can be empathetic about, um, and I know this is tough for those who are the, um, the ones who cause the abuse and the harm. They also, too, need help, and they also have their unresolved trauma as well. That's also, too, um, onto to the child. That child has to have some type of um, therapy. So I think about that, and that really motivated me as a social worker and also, too, motivated me to say, hey, I need to get my MSW to make a difference for children like that. Um, and like I said, I still think about that case to this day, and that was just one that really affected me and also probably redirected me to a different trajectory as well.
0: Wow. And, 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 and like you said, I mean, you're 23. That's pressure. That's pressure. I mean, you know, because these kids, like you saying, you you instilling in them, listen, you need to make a call. You need to make a call. And I mean, I know a lot of people probably feel like, OK, am I doing the right thing? Am I am I doing this? I mean, I'm making the right call for the kid. You know, I know that's got to be some serious, serious pressure. I mean, because, wow. So do you think social work is on the rise, though?
1: Social work is on the rise. I remember being in undergrad school and seeing this billboard on 85. And it was saying, um, I think I forgot that it was like 2020, probably 2023. Social work is going to have a shortage. And whoever uh, created that billboard and did the data on that. That is true because it's on a rise. Um, we're seeing students and we're seeing more students getting an MSW. Some students that I had in my courses who are not social work majors saying, hey, Mr. Maffinon, I'm inspired to get my MSW versus, you know, going a different career path. So I do see it on a rise. Um, I'm seeing more younger generations. So we'll be in Generation Z. I'm seeing them becoming more um and you know, involved with the social injustice that we see in the world. A lot of them are going on to get their BSWs, their MSWs, and they also are the ambassadors. So they're spreading the word saying, hey, these are the social work, this is what's going on in social work. Um, we have students who's not even social work major saying, hey, my friend such and such, you know, taught me about social work values and skills. So I believe it's on the rise. Um, once again, being a social, I think people still have that stigma. You take people's kids away, you're not gonna make money. And how I look at it, the money's going to come when you're in your purpose, and we need more social workers who look like us. And I remember how the young man comes to my office a few weeks ago. He said, hey, I was reading the um, billboard outside. He was like, I think um, I want to become a social worker. So he was a senior already. And I said, well, you should look at, you know, becoming, getting your MSW. So you know, the students are slowly but surely saying, OK, I think the social work thing is pretty cool. Yes, yeah, a lot of work, but I do want to make an impact bigger than when I'm making an impact already.
0: My goodness, my goodness. And we're going to switch gears a little bit. So tell me about, you know, the brown girl from the Boston blog thing. What's the deal with that?
1: So um, Brown Girl from Boston is definitely my baby. It turned 10 years old. So I actually started Brown Girl from Boston. I was a director of a social service agency in Providence. And I was going through my own, I would definitely say workplace bullying and trauma. Um, I had a lot of, um, you know, I was dealing with racism. I was dealing with discrimination discrimination, Mm -hmm. ageism. And so um, I was going through all this and I said, I can't be the only one that's going through this. So one day I went home and I said, I'm going to start a blog on just everything that I'm going through on a professional development level. So I just started blogging and just started building my audience from there. Um, I, I love writing. I love, you know, really just telling a story that you know, people can be connected to and then say, okay, I can heal from this. So that also helped me to once again tap back into my writing, into my blogging. And from there, I mean, I have speaking engagements. I birthed three books from that. um was able to help other people start a coaching business, do consulting. So um, I never limit myself from being a social worker. So I pretty much turn what they like to say, like a pain into my purpose. And so I still blog from time to time. And I still, you know, try to get my, you know, information out there because people need a lot of information. People need somewhere they can go to and say, wow, I'm not the only one going through this. So that's when, you know, I created Brown Girl from Boston.
0: Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Because of the fact that you said, you know, you had you dealt with the whole workplace bullying. Oh my God! I mean, you know, and still you were able to have this thick skin to move forward. You no, know, I, I, I always say people, you know, you have to see it before you see it, or you'll never see it. And again, you, 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 you did your thing. So, so tell me a little bit about the what is it, gravity? Yes. <laughs> okay.
1: So I was a guest writer for Blavity, and um, I talked about workplace bullying, and also too, I talked about um, burnout, because I... I was part of that 75% of social workers who were burnt out. Um, mm-hmm. Once upon a time in my life, when I was at that same agency, I was a I was a workaholic. Let's just be honest with that. You know, I'm, I still have that overachieving me, but I was a, a, a workaholic and also too. I'll call myself a perfectionist in recovery. So mm-hmm. that experience also helped had my health spiraling downhill as well. So I had enough strength to write a blog about the warning signs of becoming burnout taking care of yourself, and then also, to, you know, if that agency organization is not a fit for you or it is causing more harm to you, once again, going back to the code of ethics, um, you may need to find your exit plan. So I, I pretty much did a proposal to Blavity and it got accepted. So um, that's how I started gaining more people into my audience. I like to say my tribe. So, you know, you probably hear me say brown girl tribe. So I pretty much focus on wellness in the workplace. That's once again, that's part of my purpose because I've been there. I've been mm-hmm. burnt out. Mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. um, pretty much, you know, I don't want to say like on my deathbed, but had to like, you know, deal with health issues and really had to succumb them by, you know, really saying, hey you know, I can't pour everything into this job. I have to have a balance. I have to put my oxygen mask on first. I have to don't, enjoy don't, my don't, life, don't. right? <laughs> and so that, that, that blog post had helped me to heal. And also too, it helped me to see like, you need to just be content with where you're at in life. Be content with, okay, you, you achieve these goals and you're good. And so that's why I'm at That was 10 years ago. So 10 years now, you know, I'm very content with my life, you know, and that, you know, that experience has helped me to say, you know what, there's more to life than just working or just getting a bag, as the young people say, you know, like, be content with where you're at and be content with living a simple life. And that's where I'm at with that.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Now, now, I I mean, you know, and I hope I hope everybody who's listening understands exactly what you're saying about being burnt out, you're getting sick and everything. I hope people are listening to exactly what you're saying about that. Listen, I mean, turning your passion into a paycheck. Listen, I like that. I like that. So what what what's what's on that one?
1: So I did a webinar and I said, I'm going to do a webinar on turning your passion into a paycheck because I was finding myself having multiple streams of in income, I've always been that way since I was able to work. And so I did a webinar about turning your passion to a paycheck, really looking at what you're passionate about and how you can turn it into a paycheck. Just in case, let's say, your nine to five is not working. Sometimes you may need to have that passion um, project or the passion, the paycheck from the six to nine aspect. I'm not saying to turn your hobbies into a paycheck because sometimes your hobbies, that just need to be your solace place, your peaceful place. And so I did this webinar. And so my best friend, she also does transcription. She said, I can turn your webinar into um, a book. And I said, really, you can do that. So that's how I, was, I ended up um, turning my book, my webinar into a book, and people are like, oh my gosh, like this is a quick read. And then I also to give exercises on what are some things you can do right now. It's going to take time to see that. Um, your, your passion turned into a paycheck, but what can you do right now? Like, what is like three to five things you can do that's passionate that you can get up and say, Hey, I can do this for free 99 and get paid to do it. So, um, that's how I ended up burping that book. And it, it also too, it helped me to look at my gifts and skills. Cause so many times we get these degrees and we think I got to box myself in, never box your skills in, never box right. your gifts in because right. you know, then you're going to be a one, a one trick pony at that point in time and then let's say you get laid off in your job you're like oh lord what am i going to do with this degree you got to have other avenues to have to sustain yourself and have a livelihood
0: good deal good deal hey listen listen you 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 talking to them you screaming at them so what is some what's something that you want to tell the students or the professionals about you know how successfully chart how to successfully chart their career you know in social work
1: Um, I definitely want to tell my students, like I always tell them, like I just said, never box your skills in. Don't go on an internship or a job like I'm not going to do that. We hear that from time to time. You never know who's watching you. You never know what skill you're going to add to your toolbox. So learn everything that you can at a job and don't ever say, well, i never do that. You would never know where, you know, your higher being is going to direct you to. So be open to really, um, you know, doing things that's ethical, you know, be ethical, do the right things when people are watching, when they're not watching. And then also to when your professors <laughs> are giving you these assignments or readings, um, you know, really take advantage of that and take advantage of office hours because our students be like, well, I don't feel like I have to come to office hours. That's how you rebuild, build rapport with your professors is, you know, you don't know what is in our social work arsenal or who connections we are connected to and can say, hey, I have a student here who wants to go to this university, get their MSW, we can make a phone call. So, you know, that's what I really want to share with students and even professionals and also take care of yourself. Oh my God, like, take it. And people think the self-care thing is like, I got to go on vacation. I got to go to the spa. Trust me. I, I love going on vacations. I like going to the spa. Sometimes it's taking that deep breath before responding. Right. Um, What's the councilman said When they go low, I go lower. You don't always have to go lower, especially that's when right. you're dealing with these clients because that's sometimes right. you're, cl- you're dealing with clients who are unwell and clients who don't want to come to us in the first place. Let's be honest. If people can solve their issues, they would not be coming to a social worker in the first place. So we have to handle people with care. And once again, that's for professionals and also for students. And when you feel that you're not good, please go get a therapist. Um, there's nothing wrong with getting therapy. There's nothing wrong with, um, you know, getting some support. We're not the end all be all. And I think so many times people have this um, embarrassment or, you know, we have this stigma in our community, like, oh, hold on, wait, you're going to a therapist. So sometimes the therapist needs a therapist and the social worker needs the third, the social worker. And that's okay.
0: Wow. Wow. But, 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 you know, like, like you were saying, like you were saying, it's all about, it's all about that self care and you have to make sure that you do that, whether it be go on vacation, go to the spa, or just take a deep breath before responding. Because, and then everything don't have to be responded to. I mean, you know, every everything don't have to have an answer. And for, for those who 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 are challenging others, we used to do a um, we used to do a work this little work thing at, at school and at work. Somebody wrote down the teacher wrote down all of these things, and they were all just negative. The the assignment was turn every negative into a positive. That's what the assignment was. And we had to make that thing happen. So and I think that would be good. That's good, like that, like, like what you're saying. And we have to be that one to make a difference. Y'all, you do a great job. Social work is something, something serious. But my next question is. Why would you say social work is a good career choice?
1: Social work is a career is a great career choice because once again, um, you get to be a servant leader. You okay. get to handle people with care. You get to make an impact on people, okay. um, and also to you you make a, a good you make a, a great living. You know, you make a good living by helping people. And um also too, you kind of like a rock star because people are gonna come to you like you're gonna be the resource king of queens. So trust me, like people in my family be like, well, Andrea, no, go to her. She knows blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, you're gonna have to adhere to like your state, your city. I don't know everything. Um, but it's a really good career choice. Is it a tough one? Yes, social work is one of the toughest career choices that you would make. Is I think it's like the second stressful one. But once again, that's when you got to kick in that self can have a balance. Um, like I said, if you love people, you know, and don't say, oh, I'm gonna save the world, or you love policy, you love sports, cause you got sports social work, you got so many different things to do in social work. Um, if you just really like making a difference and a holistic difference because as social workers, we look at people the entirety from mind, body, and spirit, financial, you even got financial social work, so getting your money right, right? Because <laughs> that's important. Um, so that's why I love about social work, and it's such a good field. You're not pigeonholing to one thing or just, oh, I'm dealing with the mind. I'm dealing with this. You're dealing with the entire person and the environment.
0: Like you said, you know, you, if you if you love helping people, if you love people, you know, you know me. This, I mean, you know, everybody got their own definition of love. I have my own definition of love, and like you, you put it out there. And mine is is like, you know, love is a sacrifice that one makes for someone else at their own expense, and never expect anything in return. Listen, but I mean, you know, just pay me, you know, just like y'all. I know you pay me. <laughs> Listen, Andrea, you, I mean, it's been a great, great, great great interview this evening. And uh I want to know if you got anybody out there you want to shout out to, you want to speak to, holla at before we get ready to get off.
1: Oh, I love I love doing shout outs. You know, I'm an East Coast girl, like we like doing <laughs> shout outs. So, you know, first of all, I want to shout out, you know, God, I want to shout out my parents because they made the ultimate sacrifice for me and my ancestors and my, my family have really made the ultimate sacrifice for me to be the woman that I am, the social worker I am. So I have to give them a shout out. Also my significant other who got to listen to me talk about finals and grading and all this other stuff. Um, I want to give a shout out to my faculty, my colleagues, because, you know, we work as a team and we really get support to these young people and see them to really progress to the amazing people that they are. My students, um, I love them dearly. They're like amazing. I love seeing their growth. Um, and just to people, you know, my tribe, my friends, and just people who are just trying to make it on a daily basis, you know, shout out to everybody and know that this too shall pass and that everything in life is temporary. So that's my shout out.
0: (laughs) Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. I want to personally thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for everybody out there. Thank you so much For your time this time. And until the next time, I hope it's better than the last. And as my dad would always say, you're never out of business when you mind your own. This is your boy Croft. We'll holler at you later. Peace. Thank you so very much for tuning into the Child Welfare Raising Awareness Podcast. This is the podcast, y'all, that keeps you in the know about all things child welfare. Oh, it was a great time, and we look forward to seeing you next time for another mind-stimulating conversation. And until then, remember, y'all, we strive for perfection, but if we have to settle, we only settle for excellence. This is your boy, Crawl. We'll talk to you later. Peace.